<laughs> so yeah, this is my new thing because I'm 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 over it. All right, I want to know. Okay, so welcome everybody to the yes. podcast. We've had a long hiatus. Yes. And but we have both been away. We've been sick. We've been changing jobs. We have lots of different news. So we are we are back and 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 we are already ranting. It's yes, so, already ranting. <laughs> That's our new our new tagline. So I just pressed record. So Lenya, we're talking about saying no and explaining yeah, boundaries. Why. Yeah, and boundaries. And Lenya is telling me her New Year's her New Year's plan. Go ahead, Lenya. So I have a lot of the of these types, but the one thing I'm not doing anymore is I'm not if I say no to anything, friends, family, anything, no, and that's it. I'm, I'm not I'm not explaining my reasons because if I say no, that's the boundary. And, but I'm, at the same token, I'm respecting everybody that says no to me. I'm not just doing, you know what I mean? If you say, if I ask for something and you say no, that's your boundary. I love that. I, I think I've always accepted people's no's and I am, I am saying no a lot more too. I am saying no. I'm, I, but I've been working on that for a really long time. Not doing that so well with work always, but. Yeah, I have not been doing that well with work right now either. But it's new work, right? So that's what's interesting to me about new work. And I know everybody is, there's a lot about Generation Y. They're kind of like really demanding work-life balance from the beginning. And that's something that I I appreciate to some extent. I really do because I I do believe in that. But there is a little bit of, well, I didn't do it, so you shouldn't do it. And I'm trying to check that belief because that's not fair. They, you know, they are, if they're moving us forward in that direction, that's great. But I have sort of had come up thinking like you earn work-life balance, you know, like it's something that, and I, and that's wrong. I agree, but there is something subtle as well. You earn the right to sort of say, especially if you're going to be like, I guess, again, like if you're going to be a lawyer and you're going to represent clients and have people in crisis, depending on you, you don't get to say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going home at five. You know, I was like, you want to learn, you want to do this. You might have to work till seven. You might have to work till eight. I, you know, it's, I, yeah. I, mm. But I am trying to set better boundaries where I have actually, like, written to students, no, like, I'm not going to see you. I'll see you on Monday. Or you can only see me during these hours. And I actually have Sunday office hours because that's the kind of professor I am because the reality is in this new world of the customer, including students, are always right and you can do everything your own way. You know, when you have a morning program, an evening program, a regular day program, an accelerated program, when else do you see people? Do you know what I mean? Like the only time that I could actually have office hours where any of my students could get there is really Sunday after church hours. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, because otherwise then I have to have all different kinds of hours. It actually is just easier for me to say, all right, it's always on Sundays. And that's what I've been doing. It's actually saving me time, even though everybody's so now you're working on Sundays too. And I'm like, it's Zoom. I sit with coffee. I was actually in my jammies. You know, it was a t-shirt, but I was like in my flannel jammies yesterday. People like 
this one kid always comes on. He's great. He was in my class last year. He's in my a different class this year. And I was like, hi, Edward, how you doing? And and I just kind of enjoy seeing him and hearing his questions. Or, you know, every Sunday I'm like, okay, it's fine. Doesn't well, feel it's like nice we're to take advantage of that because it's probably why he's such a good student. People don't know how to ask for help. It's totally true. Well, that's my problem. You're you're not as bad with that. You ask for help, no. don't you? I do no. ask for help. And and lately, especially with work, I've been asking for it a lot more. But I'm, I'm one of the things like that. I have to say my new job does really believe in work-life balance and it really does believe in promoting from within and taking care of, of the people who are in the in the company first before looking outside for things. So we have these weekly goals and they're like touch base forms. And one of the things that I was saying at the beginning of the year was that I was going to use the resources in the company that I have when I need them. Yep. And this was actually a goal that I wrote out, you know, for all of January. And so I have been asking for help. But I also have to learn to not always ask the same person that there are like a wide array of people that I need to go to. You know, I need to find the right people for the right tasks instead of always asking the same person. Poor yeah. Lisa. If she I get that. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, similarly, I think I've been asking... I've been asking for help, but more importantly for me, like I've been, I've been admitting where I'm not perfect. I've been sort of standing in my own, it's so rigidly authentic in the sense that I am like, no, this is my authentic self and I'm not going to go try to be something I'm not like in the sense. And if that at this point in time eclipses part of my growth in a career, then I'm fine with that because I What's been really interesting for me is that I'm probably at the pinnacle of my career as the law professor, not to say that I don't have other pinnacles to hit, but Mm -hmm. there's no place else I really want to go. There might be programming. There might be a different course. Like, I'm not saying there isn't new things to discover and try there, but it's not like I want to be a dean. It's not I... I don't want another bigger thing there. Like, it's, it's, this is, this is it. So I want better balance. Like I want to have less time there. That leaves other things open, you know what I mean, for you. But it also sort of has allowed me to like sort of ask for things. Like I asked for a raise, you know, like I asked for, I was like, I started this whole storytelling project there, you know, and I was like, I'm getting to be creative there and I'm not pretending that I'm the scholar. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm the storyteller. I'm the, I, I'm the, you can't put a finger on it why she's a law professor, professor. And I was like, that's, that's cool by me. Fine. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I can be the director of the writing center and have a typo in my email because exactly. I'm a good writer. I didn't fucking say I was a good proofreader, which is horrible. Oh, right. no, that it's not horrible. Actually, it's I'm not, not even a bad proofreader. I'm a bad. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not as detailed. Alex, I work hard perfect. And- it's okay. Stop it. You're not perfect. Uh, no, I'm kidding. No, but you're, you're right. amazing. You're an amazing person and no one is perfect. You don't have to have to have yeah. a perfect email without spelling errors or whatever. Like as long as you can get your point across and everybody understands what you're saying. Yeah, God, that what's important. that's fucking good enough. Exactly. exactly. Especially when it's email. No, absolutely. So it's funny like how. So that feels good. That feels like post 50 life. 
Yes. Does that, you know what I mean? That feels, you know, people are so worried about getting old, but if, if you can get there before you're 50, that's amazing. But for me, I was like, there is power in being 50. That is amazing. It's our first podcast of the year. I think we need to talk about what we were talking about before we hit record about what's going <laughs> on for you. So let's, first of all, everybody, you know, Lenya and her powerlifting journey that she is amazing. And you know she placed first in in the regionals in 2019. Yeah. Last year, I placed first. It wasn't regionals, but it was at California. So here's the thing. She qualified for nationals, and she was invited by nationals to go to the national powerlifting competition in June. For so that's USA like, powerlifting, let's be, let's be very, oh, cla- let's be let's very clarify, clear. because there's another powerlifting federation here in America that is actually participating in the world championship. Okay. USA powerlifting has been banned from the world championship. And that is a I, whole other story for another day. We will discuss that at another time because it's too long. And I don't feel like, I don't feel like going into anything about that. Okay. <laughs> but, that's fine. But, 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 but USA powerlifting, you know, controversial on lots of different topics. One of them being that we can't participate in the world stage. That is, that is a problem for a lot of people who used to participate in USA powerlifting and have left the federation to go on to federations where they can actually participate on a world stage, which is great for people like me because it opens the door for um, people to come up, right? Um, Unfortunately, in my category, the greatest of all time is still, (laughs) she's not leaving. (laughs) But it's fine because she is such an inspiration. But it has opened the door for people like me. But the, you know... Then there's other controversial things, you know, as far as there's been these bans on transgender athletes. And the thing is, I know that USA powerlifting is not homophobic because quite a few of the powerlifters are of the alphabet mafia. But here's my problem. And here's why I I wanted to bring it up to you privately. And we can talk about it here. But while I'm really excited about going to nationals, um, part of Part of the problem why I immediately when I saw this like post saying that they were going to ban trans was like, well, I c- cannot say that I'm an ally and then participate in this. And I've had a couple of conversations, I had a conversation with my husband, I had a conversation with my brother, and both of them are saying you should go. And then while you were there, shed some light on the subject. And I'm like, and that's great, but I'm not famous enough. I don't have a big enough platform. And, you know, my going and saying, you know, this is this is not fair is not really going to do something. Well, the question is, does that become performative? Could you be accused of being performative? And then there's the other thing of, you know, if I don't go, I'm only hurting myself. Yeah, I mean, I think this is okay. So let's unpack this because this is so many people have this issue. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like across the board on something that's important to them and something that's happening. And that co- that conception of, you know, what does condoning look like? Yes. What is what is condoning it? What is like participating by staying silent? What does it look like by just trying to be say something, but it being performative? And then what does like the boycott? really look like i mean like i thought about going and having a mask that says trans rights matter or wearing a pair of socks 
or something that that they're not going to police me on because they do police everything that you wear, you know, like right. a part of your doing something along those lines. But then will that also be a problem? Am I going to, you know what I mean? I don't know. I want to do something. I feel like. Well, I mean, the thing is, is I, here's the thing. My gut reaction is you need to go. And here's why. And listeners, if you disagree, let us know. Like, it's an interesting conversation. And because I think you should go because we're in an interesting place in in time where um, this whole movement and really it's millennials and Gen Y driving the authenticity movement at this point in time. But the idea is that I think that I really believe in that, that if you are privileged enough to be able to follow your bliss, you should follow your bliss. Like, I'm not lying and saying not everybody is privileged enough to be able to do that. But if you are, I kind of think you actually have to stand in your privilege and say, okay, like, I got to follow my bliss because that might make room on the other side for somebody else to get to a position to follow their bliss. I mean, that's how I sort of see the world. So in that sense, I think you have you have a duty to yourself to go. And I also think when we look at, quite frankly, your age, you're not 20 and have, you know, 45 years to sort of do this. True. But there are 90 year olds that go. Okay, but how but so then the idea is how do you go and still be an ally? Um, And I think there's a lot of you know, you can, I, I think everybody should sit for a second and say, when have I been in this position? And I think, quite frankly, if you've ever been pro-choice and ordered Domino's pizza, you've, you've had this experience. Mm-hmm. If you've ever been like a labor activist and shopped at Walmart, there, you know, you have had this experience. If you have ever eaten Chick-fil-A, you've had this experience. So, you know, even like on a small scale, you know, when we look and see what's happening actually with Spotify, because yes. I actually almost we're on Spotify. We need to talk about that. I know. Well, that was the other thing, right? I was like, well, if I thought about it. I was like, well, our like our 300 listeners, will that fucking matter? <laughs> like I was like, we're like, I, you know, Joni Mitchell and, and Neil Young and, and India Ari. Yeah, like I was like, and let I was like, I, you know, we're really gonna, we're a drop in that pond. But I do think we need to talk about it and say, okay, just yeah. for who we are, we should actually just say we're not gonna do it. And honestly, like, I don't even understand, you know, for I do know some of our listeners do listen to us on Spotify, but okay, go over to Apple Podcasts and just do it or Google um, or like, yeah, yeah, or just play or us Amazon. On the website. Yeah, yes, and we're on Amazon too. And I know people are going to be like, Amazon's better, Jeff Bezos. And I was like, oh, yeah, God, pick yeah, your poison. Right. Pick your poison. Yes. And you got to decide where, you know, everything is weighing. Like I, but I think it's like the other thing you can do, right? So somebody who says she's really, you know, careful about climate change. I refuse to irrigate my lawn because I was like, we're, we're in a drought. Like I'm not doing it. Like it's, we live in a desert. Like I'm not doing it. Like either they, either you plant shit that can survive and mm-hmm. yes, I'll water a little bit during the worst of summer. But if you can't survive in that soil, I, I can't help you because I, 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 you I'm not wasting the water, but I got on a plane. I like to travel. 
So, you know, the thing is, it's like, all right, like you could attack me for that, you know? And so then the idea is, and I remember if we're going to talk celebrities, I do remember, I think George Clooney saying I would come out and stump for the environment, but I take private planes. And so I can't like, he was like, you know, I have all the beliefs, but I know I could get accused of hypocrisy because I don't, I don't even do, you know, I don't fly on a regular plane. And I, and I think that was smart, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Because you can believe in something, but not really be able to stake your, stake your fork in it and say, I'm going to, I'm going to be a spokesperson. I, for me, I try. There's places to offset your carbon footprint. So when I travel, I offset. It makes me feel better. I don't know if it really makes a difference in the world, but it makes me feel better. Is there something you can do that you're saying, I like in weighing this, like I have to do this. I'm going to wear the mask. I'm going to write a letter. Maybe use write to other people who you know are going and get a bigger letter. And then maybe there is a donation that you make, you know, to sort of say, I want this to not be performative as possible. And and just to admit it's not perfect. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think we are living in a world where we think like it's going to be one way or the other and everything's going to be perfect. Yeah, I know there's nuances to everything. I know, I know. It is something I wanted to discuss with my coach, actually, to be completely honest. Yeah, because she's very big in the you know in the organization. I'm discussing with her and see what her thoughts are. What are you? Where do you swing? How are you? How do you? How are you thinking through this? Well, I haven't. I haven't registered. I oh. have not even registered yet. I, you know, and I had already paid my dues for the year. But had I not paid my dues, I probably would still be holding off on that. Wow. I think I would. I, I don't have much more time. I know this, but, you know, like I have other priorities right now. You know, my son qualified for American Ninja Warrior and he's coming out here. So for me, that is like my priority right now is getting everything ready for him and making sure that when he comes here, he's supported because, you know, like with COVID, family's not traveling and he's going to have to travel back and forth doing this. And I, I just want him to know that he's supported by his family. And so those are my priorities and especially and even financially, those are my priorities. I, and, but I know that I'm running out of time that I need to make a decision and I have maybe three weeks. So wow. I, I just, and I'm not leaning one way or another. Like I, I just don't know. I just don't know. What would you have? Would you have other options for competing? Yeah, I could go to another federation and then I can probably, if I go to another federation, I could probably go to worlds because remember the top person in my age group is in my federation right now wow yeah yeah so this is the thing if i decided i wanted to go to you know another federation the usbi or whatever and my girlfriend i have a friend who did that at the very beginning of this break and she went to worlds and came in third place because she had the opportunity because everybody was still not deciding what they were going to do it was a big break. And I mean, for everybody that for the three for our 300 listeners, they probably had no idea that this was even that this is even was even news because it wasn't national news. But this this thing with the USA Powerlifting, the um, International Powerlifting Federation and other federations around the world and the break from it has was major news and shifted the balance of who who was going to actually be the greatest. 
Yeah, it's just wow. major shifts, major shifts. There's a woman that I follow. Her name's Heather O'Connor. She's 99 pounds. She's the strongest 99 pound woman you'll ever see. She can deadlift five times her body weight. So like she's 99 pounds and lifts 440 something pounds in a deadlift, right? Like right. greatest of all time. She will go down in history. There's just no doubt about it. Uh, and, and to watch her train and her work ethic, she's amazing. She left USA Powerlifting to go to another powerlifting federation so that she could make it to Worlds because she didn't wow. want to limit herself to just America. It was big, big, big news in the sporting world. In the, but right. Not a lot of people know about it. So, like, the, the, all of these little things are in my head as well. So, what? Maybe I do leave the federation. Nobody cares. It's not like it's going to be a big deal. But then, if I go to USBI and freaking win the 52, eight, you know, well, I'm not 52 anymore. However old I am now, 54, <laughs> you know, 54. But when I thought about it, I was 52, but now I'm 54. Like, you know, maybe I win. I don't know. Like, I just don't know. So I have to think about this. I really need to think about this. Do the other federations have any kind of ban? So I'm like now researching this as well. And the other day I found out that the other federation here in the United States does ban trans athletes. And so does a, a lot of other countries. So again, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And you know what I really feel like? I feel like I need to talk to someone like Nora. Absolutely. I want to know how they feel, like it, how they personally feel about this and how, and, and what do they need from me as, you know, a, a straight cisgendered ally to, to help push their narrative forward in a way that is not performative and that is constructive. Like what, how does she see this work? Do you know what I mean? I would really like, like and it is something I guess I should talk to her about it, actually now that we brought it up. Maybe I think we'll that's a great idea. On the, on the um, channel and talk about it because I, yeah, I, I, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. That's, I that think that's what I'm do. I think that's an amazing thing to do. So, you know, like I have, I don't have as many, I don't have HBO. I don't, you know, I have Netflix and I have Amazon Prime. So, and I don't know, like it's, I've been sick. Everybody, if you're hearing me, I'm still very nasal, not COVID, just a cold that will not go away. Could be allergies, could be mold. We have no idea, <laughs> but I've been watching Project Runway All-Stars, like on Amazon Prime. Just fucking, I don't know. Anyway, it's a little New York porn, right? Because I get to watch yeah. like the streets in New York. So I love that. And also, I love the creativity. I just love hyped up creativity. But what I'm also liking is that there um, was somebody on there who was a trans woman who, when she had been on Project Runway the first time, she was a man. Oh, well, wow. And, and I suppose, I think that's happened at least twice where there are two. And what's so amazing is how welcoming and not making an issue of it, like yeah. all the other designers were, and where you sort of see what I love about seeing it is that, oh, there's some bitchiness and whatever going on, <laughs> whatever. It's, a, it's an American, you know, contest. So, of course, it isn't the British Bake Off where everybody's polite. <laughs> but yeah, they, you know, it's American drama and it's scripted. Yeah. But what I love about it is hyper creativity, hyper acceptance, like overall acceptance of everyone 
who they are. It isn't that it's colorblind or or gender blind. It just is an embracing of differences and cultures. And it is like when I look at that, I was like, see, that is how we should advertise America. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that is if we could really have that, then that's the that's the American ideal. I kind of grew up with in the 70s. Do you know what I mean? I I know what you're saying, but that never was America. No, I totally know. But that but that is like the the ideal that people always promote. We're the melting pot. We're the this. And I was like, we're the Benetton ad, whatever it is. Right. I was like, I look at that microcosm and I'm like. Well, we could get there. Do you no, know that's what? Oh, I don't think we get that. No, the more the, the one thing about 2022, Alex, is that I know is that we will never, ever, this country will never get there. the The backlash to Trump is that these people have their voice and they're more than we thought. And yes, they're dying at a <laughs> huge rate because of COVID, right. but they're still here and. I find it really interesting when we talk about when we talk about this, because, you know, let's take Florida and DeSantis and his, you know, him running for governor. He won by some, I don't know, 200 and something thousand votes. Right. Yeah. And I want to know how many people have died of COVID in Florida. Because a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah. But not not the people who died in, uh, originally before the the vaccines. I'm talking since the vaccines, the anti-vaxxers have more than 200,000 of them die. Because if they did, he should be worried. Yeah, no. Because right, those well, were his people, right? And so I, I'm wondering about the short-sightedness of a lot of these Republican governors and, and um, lawmakers that are not seeing that their constituents are dying. But on the other side, I see that there's still a lot of them. There is too many of them. And I think that America, the America that we think was never, I think it was some unrealistic dream because the majority of the people are white supremacists or they are black and brown, but still have the white supremacist mentality in their head because we quit, can't break free of it. And they, they, they support it in some kind of little way. And we're never going to get out from under that. We're never going to get out from under that. Yeah. And that this is the best that there is the fact that we're at least all aware about of it and i think this is the best it's going to be that you and i are aware of it and that we work towards what we're going to work towards and those people are going to work towards what they're going to work towards but at least we're it's all out in the open because when it wasn't out in the open and we thought we were living in, in this utopia we were actually harming people yeah i agree with that i mean i do agree with that it is scary i mean i mean well, it's it scary it is scary. I was talking, you know, everybody's always talking about, you know, there's a lot of concept. There's a lot of talk about mobility, right? Partly because of remote work, partly because of climate change. There's a yeah. lot of talk about where am I going to live? Yes. And so in thinking about that, one thing that I know that I will look up now is how people voted. Exactly. Like I never would have thought to well, actually, you know what? I take that back. I looked. I live in Outwater Village, a neighborhood of Los Angeles, and I look and I know how many people, I know how people voted. And and call me intolerant, but I don't want to move into a situation like my sister is living 
by yeah. accident where or like I live here in Sherman Oaks. Yeah, I, I don't want that. I want to yeah. be able to feel comfortable. You know, it's sort of, you know, I'm not saying no one, but I'm saying like, I want to be in a majority area. So people are talking, you know, I have friends who are like, oh, you know, are you going to move? you know, to the East Coast, I was like, yeah, maybe. And like we talked about maybe, you know, get a, you know, a small, tiny place in Manhattan and then maybe like then get land or something in New York State. I said, but it's going to depend on what that looks like, because I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to put my, you know, all we accept everybody here. You know what I mean? One of those signs like in the in the front. And I don't want an egg on it. And if there's an egg on it, I'm moving. That is just, I don't want to, because we are in that place where I'm not sure how many people you're, you're right in the sense that I don't know who can be convinced. But I mean, I do, I agree with you because I think our only hope is the youth. It's younger generations, like people in their twenties, they'll, they're still growth. You know, they're, you know, people still change their minds and grow and have their heads explode and say, wow. But people our age and older, we just got to wait them out. But we're still growing. I mean, everybody's still growing. But I, yeah, but you're not going to make a white supremacist. No, we're not. Like at (laughs) our age, like a 55 year old white supremacist. I mean, maybe you can change that person's mind. But not as likely as a 20-year-old white supremacist who's yeah. being a stupid, there's a high likelihood that that's just stupid, programmed, ignorant. Yeah. And, and that, can be, that can be changed. Like, I still have hope that that is easier to change. I was watching, because of Betty White, I was watching some of Golden Girls again. And there's this episode with Rue McClanahan. And, oh my God, I can't remember the black actor's name, but I love him so much. He played an Iron Man. It'll come to me. Anyway, there was this episode where Rue had the um, Confederate flag. And, you know, these ladies were in their 50s. And this actor, through these conversations, sort of made her see how her racist past was, you know, had shaped her. And in her 50s, she kind of was like, oh, my God, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that person. So I I think... Well, I think because that that that's that subtle racism, right? That's yeah. not, I do think you're right. I still have hope for all the people, even in their 50s, even in their 80s, who might, right, be hanging the Confederate flag clueless or yes. or the sense of visiting a plantation and being like... Or having your wedding there. Yeah, like, I think all that, that not really thinking through things all the way and just being able to skim on the surface of things and not realizing how racist it is, that I still think is, that can be changed. And I think it's important. Somebody actually said, I don't know, it was in the the ethicist in the New York Magazine a couple of weeks ago. Do I go, you know, to my best friend's wedding who's having it on a plantation? Don Cheeldy, Cheeldy, how do we say his last name? Cheadle, Cheadle. Cheadle, Don Cheadle, that's the guy. That's the actor that was in I love him. How's your benching going? Benching is going good. Although, you know, I was getting, did I tell you, did it? This is so everybody I put on, I put on hysterectomy weight and then I put on COVID weight and then I put on menopause weight, like all in a year. And so <laughs> I go to my doctor and I, my doctor, and I've been lifting pretty heavy for a while. My doctor just looks at me and says, well, you're pretty out. You're, what did he say? He's, you're healthy. He's like, I gotta say you're big. And I was like, 
what? And he was like, you're just big. He's like, what is happening to you? He's, you know, you're a little overweight, but you're big. And I was like, oh my God. So he. My God. I know. And I was like, and I wanted to be like, you do know I had an eating disorder, right? So this is probably not a good thing to say to me, but he wasn't wrong. And so he's, you just have to eat less. And I was like, but I'm eating all the protein. I'm doing all the blah, 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 blah. So he was like, you know what I'm going to do? He's like, I wouldn't, you're not having enough for me to do this, but I'm doing it. I'm giving you speed. I mean, he didn't say speed. He said a pill, but it's speed. He's like, he's like 30 days. He's like, cause I want you to understand how little you actually need to eat. And he's like, I don't think you need to restrict that. He's like, I hate that word. He's like, you just need to understand what, what's emotional eating and what's eating. Um. So Lenya, it was unbelievable. It was like it restarted my dead metabolism because what? no, but here's the thing. I did it. I was amazed. I was like, holy shit. Like I really, do, I really do eat like even, you know, everybody knows they're emotionally eating when you're eating at 11 o'clock at night. But do you know you're emotionally eating when you're eating the second serving? Do you know what I mean? Do you know uh, you're emotionally yeah, yeah. eating when, yeah. you know, you, you eat a snack in the middle of the day when people say, oh, it's natural to have a snack in the middle of the day. So I got to say, I, I, I snack like five times a day, but that's part of your regimen. Yeah. He was like, you need to find your regimen, but he's figured it out. But here's the thing. It worked because I only stayed on it for three weeks. I still have a stash because I was like, I'm going to need to remember like everyone, mm. you know, so every once in a while I'll take one and I'll be like, remember how little, remember what's emotional eating, what's not. And I got to say, it also restarted my metabolism. Like weight has been not fast. It's not falling off fast, but it's falling off steadily. And the thing is, is that, you know, as soon as you fit in clothes and feel good about yourself, you work out harder. It's easier to mm -hmm. stay on a diet. Yeah. Like he, everybody's that doctor's so mean. I'm like, no, everybody wants a doctor who tells you the truth. That is exactly. So when you say how much I've been lifting in my chest, I haven't like, I haven't been getting I am a little nervous that I was getting a little swollen looking here. So I have, I've not gone past 80 on my chest. Oh, so, so you're one of those. That uh, want maybe to think. for now. Who <laughs> thinks it's going to bulk me? For now, as I continue on my journey, I will probably start to build again. But I am like, but yeah, I am a little worried about bulking. God, I want so badly to be that lean person where every muscle pops. Well, the thing is for me, you know, I do get cut, you know, and that's like kind of yeah. nice. Like my legs are, you know, I have to make the muscle. I don't walk around cut, but if I make the muscle, I'm cut. My whole leg is cut. My arms, you know, are, yeah. are, are pretty cut. Like the little tricep cut. I have that. Like I'm, I feel blessed in the sense that my DNA works that way. Like it, it does work for that. And I wish I could get more so, but I don't know if I'm willing to go to like your regimen to do it. Yeah. But even with my regimen, I don't do, I don't have it. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. It's DNA. I, I yeah. Like, I would need to even go further. And I mean, I might, I might later. I mean, I'm going to have to in order to make weight comp, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just generally. Just generally, I don't know. But I mean, I, 
I just work out to work out these days. I mean, you know, it's still so far away from comp from competition. So I'm like literally just working out for. Well, that's good. It's good. Blood flowing. I'm not, but I am going to go a little heavier. I'm going to do my rate of perceived exertion of seven instead of six. <laughs> well, everybody, we've been on for half an hour. We want to thank you for coming yeah. to our first episode <laughs> back. After a long hiatus. If you didn't listen to our last episode, I really urge you to go back and listen to that. The one that we had about Lenya's Thanksgiving experience. I think it's one of our best episodes. So please go back and listen to that conversation. We're going to have a lot of good stuff coming. And if you guys, I really, if you guys have questions, we put this out every time, but I really would love to get into the spot where we can talk about issues that are coming up for you around race, diversity, inclusion, aging. Let us know what you want us to talk about. And if you want to come on and, and talk with us, we're happy to have that too. Yes, for sure. You can get in contact with us via our website. Our email address is there. We're on Instagram and I'm going to start putting out little bits of these on TikTok as well. So please, it would be so much fun to start talking to people who actually want to talk about specific issues because we know this is all living in the gray area. We know it. Yes. All right. Have a good week, everybody. Stay safe. Stay as masked as you can if you're going out there breathing Omicron air. So (laughs) bye. 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 Omicron.